Welcome back to the Straight Up Sports Talk podcast. It's an overreaction Monday. It's time for some Monday mayhem. Sam Thelman joining me as usual. Sam, uh, big weekend, both in college football and the NFL. We say it every single week. It was. Uh, we, had, we had some big games. IU getting another win. The Colts getting another win. Notre Dame winning. Ball State winning. It was an overall good weekend for uh, Indiana Athletics. Uh, Purdue uh, loss this weekend, but hey, it's just Purdue. No one, you know, Purdue's kind of written off the the scene for college football for this year. But Sam, I want to get your first thoughts on this uh, Monday afternoon of the weekend in uh, both college football and in the NFL. Oh, it's been really solid. As you mentioned, the IU game, that was super fun to watch. Got to cover that for Pro Football Focus. Had a had a blast uh, being able to go over each play and whatnot, so that was super fun. Ball State somehow got it done. I'm, I'm happy, and it wasn't even a close game this time, so I didn't have to have another heart attack for the fifth week in a row. Shout out to uh, my favorite, uh, one of my favorite basketball teams, West Virginia, for beating Georgetown yesterday. Four and one on the season. Almost got it done against the number one team. I'm feeling good about what uh, Bob Huggins is doing. But yeah, really solid weekend. It was for sure. As we get into the college hoop season, uh, we'll start talking that as well. Uh, but in college football this weekend, IU getting the win over Wisconsin, 14 to six. Sam, uh, it was a big win for the Hoosiers. Backup quarterback, Jack Tuttle. Obviously, there was some concern going into that game. Would he be able to fill Michael Penix's uh, shoes? And I think he did pretty well. And, uh, you know, I said last week on the podcast that I was not worried about this IU team because of their defense. And that proved uh, to be true this weekend. I think their defense has been playing some of the best football in the Big Ten Conference. And uh, they proved it this week against Wisconsin, who – can score points. I mean, they got a pretty good offense. Graham Mertz, obviously, a very good quarterback, but uh, the IU defense just really shut them down this weekend. I mean, yeah, you mentioned it. One of the best uh, defensive units in the league. This team really buys into Tom Allen, what they're doing. And this was the perfect game for Jack Tuttle. He didn't really have to do a whole lot. We saw that early or that kind of uh, drop by um, – I'm forgetting his name on IU since he didn't catch a pass in the game. Um for that touchdown, my our Miles Marshall. Uh, besides, okay. besides that one drop, it was a relatively solid game. We didn't force uh, Jack Tuttle to do a whole lot. This was a just kind of a game manager's game. They ran the ball with Stevie Scott a lot. They did a lot of short passes. Didn't try to do a whole lot um, explosive wise, but Indiana didn't need to. Indiana really kept the pressure on Wisconsin, forcing them to punt time after time. And then when Wisconsin would get on a substantial drive, forcing them to kick field goals. It was a, it was a really solid game by IU. They, they just got it done at the end of the day, and that's all you can ask for. Yeah, it was a perfectly you mentioned game management. It was a perfect, uh, perfectly managed game by Tom Allen and, and his staff to, you know, you knew you, knew you were without your, your star quarterback and your offense probably wasn't going to be as fiery as it normal. So you, you, you adjust, and they did very well. You, you tell Jack Tuttle, you know, we're going to go in. Uh, and, and I bet, you know, I would be willing to guess the message, you know, to the team this week was go in, let's get the win. They're, they're trying to go in, just get the win. Doesn't matter how cute or, or, or how flashy it was. We don't have to put up 52 points. Let's go in and get the win and move on without our day. That's exactly what they did. And uh, you have to be uh, happy with that. Now it's 6-1. and one. Their only hopes of getting into the Big Two Championship game if Ohio State's game against Michigan gets canceled this week. Uh, Michigan's game last week got canceled because Michigan had some 
uh, coronavirus cases within their uh, team. So that, that is the only hope for IU at this point. And if the Big Ten doesn't change the rules on allowing Ohio State in with just five games. Um, but at, at six and one, you're going to face Purdue, Sam, this week. I think you're going to handle Purdue. It's going to be a close game just because it's IU and Purdue. Um, but now that Purdue has had more players back out, uh, you, you had players opt out last week. Uh, so that was kind of interesting to see. But I think IU should go in, handle Purdue, no problem. You finish the season at 7-1, and one, you're looking at a pretty good bowl game coming up uh, in uh, January. Yeah, and I don't think that people should look at this year as a disappointment just because you only land a New Year's Six Bowl. And in the past, it's been – I don't know how long it's been since IU landed a New Year's Six Bowl, to be honest. I don't think they landed one last year. They went 8-5 and five last year. Still got to a bowl game, unfortunately lost. But, yeah, 6-1. and one potentially seven and one in this uh, after the Purdue game. You got to feel pretty – you got to feel excellent about this season, how it turned out. You're in the top ten for the AP poll. Probably going to finish that way. Like, what more could you ask for a season in which you didn't have really that much expectations heading into it? Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we kind of expected Indiana to build off of last season and, um, you know – do better, win a few more games. Certainly only one loss and a seven-point loss to Ohio State was something that, you know, we didn't really think of. But uh, this team has continued to, to prove themselves um, that they can do uh, what is thought that they can't do. Um, so, yeah, it, it's been fun to watch them this season. And uh, the Fiesta Bowl would take place on uh, January 2nd um, of 2021. And it is a New Year's Six Bowl. Last year they played in the Gator Bowl uh, down in Florida. The, 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 the most important part for this year is just win a bowl game. I think you take some of the significance off the season if they can't get it done. They haven't been able to under Tom Allen. So uh, that, that I'm sure is in the back of Tom Allen's mind is we have to win a bowl game. Um, and, you know, I, I think he has a team in the right position to do that. Um, and uh, I think it's going to be fun to watch IU over the next – uh, you know, next week and then uh, next month when they take on uh, the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. Regardless of who their opponent is, um, I, I'm not sure who, who they predicted at this point, but uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, no doubt. Top 10 finish, uh, New Year's Six Bowl. I, I'm, I'm really excited to watch this team moving forward. Another game over the weekend, Sam, outside of the Big Ten was BYU in Coastal Carolina. Now, personally, I thought – I don't think I said it on the show, but I thought that BYU would go in and just destroy um, – just destroy Coastal Carolina. I thought BYU was really, really good. They've rolled all their opponents this year. Um, and Coastal Carolina, they've won games. Some of them have been close, but I just thought BYU was a much better team. Turns out I was wrong. I don't know if it was a short notice for BYU coming across the country, whatever it was. Coastal Carolina got it done uh, in great fashion against BYU on Saturday. Yeah, I think BYU at the end of the day was just a little bit full of themselves. Again, you you didn't really have time to much prepare for Coastal Carolina. The same could be upset about Coastal Carolina. And it was just like trying to figure out whatever gets it done. And BYU, I think it was Zach Wilson had any – uh, we could beat anybody any time or whatever, which is a little bit just uh, a little bit egotistical of him. But at the same time, like you just got to get it done. 
if you wanted a chance at even a top 10 shout or even a a a like on uh, like a top six or seven you had to get it done you didn't I think Coastal Carolina proved that they're a really legitimate team. I do think if BYU had a full week to prepare for them and they would have played ahead of time this game, that BYU would have got it done. I don't think it would have been a blowout like you said, but I do think BYU would have got it done. But at the end of the day, Coastal Carolina, shout out to you for getting it done at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. They've got some special brewing down there. Um, and, you know, again, another kind of surprise season – uh, from a team that that wasn't really expected, they're projected last in the Sun Belt Conference, looking like they're uh, potentially going to win it this year. Let's go to the SEC this weekend. Uh, Texas A&M got a big win. Uh, they're behind Alabama in the SEC West. They need. Uh, it, it's looking like it's shaping up to be an Alabama Florida uh, SEC championship game, uh, and they have two games left on the schedule, um, and. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be uh, fun to watch that um, and, and see how that develops over the next few weeks. Yeah, but I don't think te- – I don't know if you disagree with me, Grant, but I don't think Texas A&M, even at five, finds its way into the college football playoff. If anything, Florida would overleap them or Cincinnati with their conference championship would overleap them or whoever ends up at the four spot. I don't think you can with um, out a conference championship bid get in, unfortunately – that uh, you really needed that Alabama win at the beginning of the year so you can get into the SEC championship game. They didn't get it done. They lost by 28. And I think Texas A&M, for as good of a season that they've had, I don't think they'll find themselves in the college football playoff. Their only hope at this point is for when Alabama plays Florida, the last game of the year in the uh, crossover game East-West, is that Florida beats Alabama. Florida beats Alabama? Then you're talking about Texas A&M uh, potentially moving into that that number one spot. I, I think but I think Alabama, Florida would leapfrog them. Well, Florida's in the East. Yeah. So Florida is currently at first in the East. Alabama is at first in oh, the West. Oh, you're talking about to get into the SEC championship. To get into the SEC championship okay. game. So they need Alabama to lose essentially twice. That's not going to happen. They need them to lose two straight. That's not going to happen because even if Alabama gets beat by Florida, Texas A&M lost to Alabama. So it's a tiebreaker situation. It's pretty much going to be Alabama, Florida in the SEC championship game. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be interesting to see these two teams that, that play each other in the regular season, go play each other again in the conference championship. I think that, that would be uh, fun to see uh, as well. Sam, uh, some other a few more college football games from over the weekend. You mentioned Ball State getting the win over Central Michigan. Now they got to go. They play Western Michigan on Saturday. We'll be there um, at Schumann Stadium. You win, you get into the Detroit Mac Championship game, you lose, and your season's um, over, and you can hope to go bowling. What do you look at when you look at uh, this game this weekend, Ball State, Western Michigan? I mean, it's going to be really tough. Uh, Western Michigan really started off uh, the beginning of the year hot, looking like the be- uh, the second team only behind uh, Buffalo, I think, at the top of the MAC. But these last two games, they've had a scare against Northern Illinois, got the win. And then last week, they just couldn't get it done against Eastern. So I like our chances against Western, but Western Michigan has a really good team, top to bottom, not only with their quarterback and Caleb L being in the running game, 
but also um, their defense is really good, led by a stout linebacker, one of the best uh, players in the MAC. So it's going to be a tough test for Ball State, but our defense has really looked uh, solid of late these past two weeks. I've really noticed a change in the way Tyler Stockton's been able to get this defense ready and be able to perform. Hopefully we can get it done, but I think it's going to really come down to uh, the uh, fourth quarter at the end of the day. It will. And Ball State's won games in the fourth quarter. Uh, Eastern Michigan and Northern Illinois are some games that you can look at. They've also lost games in the fourth quarter. Miami of Ohio, their lone loss on the season. So it's going to be uh, fun to watch this team. Um, you know, they've had a mentality all season long. Um, Detroit or bust. I think that, that Mike Newis got this team in a pretty good position. After a disappointing last uh, last year, they, they were pretty disappointed. Um, in the way that that season turned out, I think they've been kind of on a revenge trail. You got to get Western Michigan. They're pretty good, though. Um, it's going to be a fun game. I think it's going to be high-scoring, high-octane offense. Um, we're we're going to see lots of scores in this game for sure. Yeah, I think the over-under was set for like 70 uh, for this game. Definitely a lot of high-scoring people are expecting at least. And I think I think we also have to attribute our success to a little bit of luck as well. We've Definitely, uh, if one or two things didn't go our way, we definitely wouldn't be in the position we are. Whether it's the uh, whether it's uh, the pick six for Ball State against Northern Illinois, we potentially could have lost. We could have lost against Eastern Michigan earlier in the year. So, uh, credit to Mike New for being able to get uh, the Cardinals to where we are. But I think we also have to attribute our success a little bit to luck as well. You do. Uh, you definitely do. Um, but I, I think you know this game. Uh, you, I mentioned the high-scoring offense. The defense is going to be a big X factor in this game. Who can play the better defense? When you look at Western Michigan, they have allowed more than 20 points in all but one game this season. That game was against Akron, so it wasn't even really a game. Uh, their offense only uh, has scores um, more than 40 points four times and, and only scored 30 once. That was the 30-27 to 27 win over Northern Illinois. Um, so – they, they like to score offense, but they can't really play defense. Ball State, on the other hand, they've played a little bit better defense, holding uh, their opponents to all under 30 points except two. So I think the defense is going to be the X factor um, in this game. It's going to be a fun game. Uh, the winner gets Buffalo, barring any crazy circumstances, but the winner should get Buffalo in the MAC championship game. It's going to be fun. Win or go home, it's that kind of season right now in college football. I mean, but at the end of the day, all I'm hoping for, even if we win or lose, is we get into a bowl game at the end of the day. If we can get if yeah. we can get to a bowl game at the end of the day, I think this season could be a success, no matter if we don't end up getting the MAC championship. Yeah. That's going to be another thing, too, because there's like seven or eight bowl games that have been already canceled because of coronavirus. They're not going to play them this year the uh, committee will, will have to cipher through some of these group of five teams to determine who gets in and who's left out. You're most likely going to have to have a winning record or 500 at best to get in like a normal year. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the committee handles this. I think you're obviously the Mac champions going to get in and probably the runner up. I would say, I don't think you leave uh, two schools out of a group of five school or a group of five conference like the Mac. So I think uh, if you can get in the back championship game, you're going bowling be the first time since what, 2013, 2014, something like that, that uh, the cards have gone bowling. They've never won a bowl game ever. So um, we'll just see what happens. Sam, let's switch over. Let's talk about the pro team in Indianapolis, the Colts. 
26 of 20 winners over the Texans, barely escaping. I mean, by the hair of their chinny chin chin. The Texans should, the Colts should not have won that game. And they shouldn't have. The Texans should have won. They had the ball on their own, too. They fumble. Colts recover. But, hey, that's, that's football, right? I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, we did not have that great of a game by any metric on defense. We were letting the, the uh, as, I, as I mentioned to you off air, the high school JV squad receivers just go ham. We, we let two guys go above um, 100 yards who shouldn't have, Kiki Kuti and Chad Hansen, who Chad Hansen never heard of before this game. On offense, second half, we just did not we, – we only scored two points – in the second half and that was because we had a safety like that just tells you what what kind of second half we had and we didn't play the best one on uh offense we had a good one on defense uh it kind of kind of was reversed on the uh, first half but yeah up and down um game so far for the colts we shouldn't have won that game but hey we got it done we're sitting at eight and four Take it while you can get them and uh yeah they they escape uh they get the win you move on, and uh, you welcome in the Steelers next week. So uh, it'll be uh, uh, a chance to take down the the unbeaten in the NFL. No, we play the Raiders or, next week. Or we play the Raiders next week. So I'm a week. I'm like several weeks off. We don't play the Steelers next week. I don't know what I'm talking about. We go to Vegas to play the Raiders next week. Not the Steelers. For whatever reason, I thought we played the Steelers next week. We play the Steelers after we play the Texans for the second time. Maybe that's where I got confused. But uh, – you're 8-4 and four in the AFC South. This game against the Raiders is going to be big uh, for wild card implications if you're not able to win the division, depending on what happens with the Titans. Um, this game is going to be big for wild card if you can get that tiebreaker over the Raiders next week. Yeah, and, and we, we desperately need it. The Raiders desperately need us in that 7-5. It's going to be a must-win game for both teams. We're going, to have to, we're going to have to play a lot better offensively in the second than we did in the second half in this game. We're going to have to continue our momentum on defense, playing like we did in the second half. But, yeah, it's, it's a must-win for both teams. It definitely is, and uh, it's going to be an exciting game next week. Uh, the Raiders, who have kind of played down to their competition a little bit this year, they barely escape over the Jets on a Hail Mary. Uh, they've squandered their way to 7-5 and five on the season, so it's going to be a good game. We'll talk more about that game on Friday with weekend prep. Uh, other uh, teams that clinched playoff bursts this weekend, the Saints and the Chiefs have clinched playoff bursts, and I believe the Steelers would clinch if they win tonight. I, I don't know why they haven't clinched already, but I think if they win tonight that they will clinch a playoff berth, um, or if not tonight, then maybe next week. But uh, the Steelers play tonight, um, Monday Night Football Part 1 at 5 p.m. If you're listening to this on Monday, probably not. It's probably already happened by then, but, you know, we speak in the present-day present, present day term. Uh, anyway, so when you look at the Cleveland Browns, they're in, currently in fifth at 9-3 and three behind the Steelers in the AFC North. How impressed were you with the Browns this week in their win over – uh, the Titans, who now fall to eight and four, and uh, the uh, division is looking a little bit more uh, shaky. Now we get, uh, you know, a week later in the season, the Titans didn't didn't really show up for the Browns on Sunday. I mean, the Browns. I'm not only impressed by them this week. I think we gotta give credit for this whole season. I don't think anybody expected the Browns to have the season they did. Every every year it seems like they they since they got an Odell, they've kind of hyped up 
the Browns. And this year, they've actually proven it true. Kevin Stefanski has done a wonderful job of uh, turning around. I think, in my opinion, he should clearly be um, uh, coach of the year, even above Mike Tomlin. I know Mike Tomlin's gone 11 and 0, but at the end of the day, the Browns are the Browns. And I, I think it's been like 10 plus years since they've had a winning record or even longer than that. They're, they're, they've just been a terrible organization, and this year they find a way to get it done. Sitting at 9-3, and three, yeah, I'm just super impressed by this Browns team. I think that the Browns kind of went in there with a the chip on their shoulder because there, there was talks. The Browns are the worst 8-3 and three team in the league. You kept it close. I mean, they, they've kept a lot of games close, but they, they've won games. Um, and they said, you know, they're the worst 8-3 and three team in the league. The Titans should roll. Now they won four straight. And uh, you got a big win over the Titans, even though the Titans did come all the way back. That is kind of concerning to me. Your defense just kind of squandered away there in the, in the second half. But, yeah, I think Baker Mayfield, he's playing some of his best ball right now. They're not relying on the run game so much. Um, the, the Browns are looking, looking really good right now at this, at this point. I mean, I mean, the simple fact is why people thought they were like kind of worse than they are is because of the point differential. They they should not be giving up more points at nine and three than they're scoring. They've allowed three hundred twenty one points against, and then three hundred six points that they've actually scored. And usually, that's not a good um, indicator of a really good team. At the end of the day. If you're like the Steelers who are scoring 317 and only allowing 188, I think that's a pretty good indicator that you're um, a better t- you're you're deserving of your record. And yeah, I, I think the the Browns kind of quieted quieted their haters a little bit with a solid win against a solid Titans team who just ran all over the Colts this past week. But I think they've got to continue to prove that that they deserve to be where they are and are not just like some, some bears team who goes five and one and then just falls off the earth. Yeah. uh, They've got to continue that. They clinch a winning season for the first time since what, 2003 or something like that. I don't know when it was, but losing clinch a winning season for the first time in a long time. Uh, They're looking to get to the playoffs for the first time in a long time. Um, This Browns team, I think is, is pretty legit. Sam, I want to go, to the NFC West really quick, the Rams and the Cardinals. The Rams win 38-28. The Cardinals really needed that win to stay alive, not only in the division but for the wild card race. The the Rams, though, Sam, this is an interesting stat I looked up when preparing for the show. They have won seven straight against the Cardinals, and they've won their last six at State Farm Stadium. That goes all the way back to when they were in St. Louis. So to say the Rams have been dominant in Arizona – and against the Cardinals for the last seven meetings is, is kind of an understatement. They have absolutely owned the Cardinals. Uh, and the Rams are looking good as ever at this point. I think the Rams, I don't think we expected much out of them this season. I thought Jared Goff needed to do something to prove that he was still an, you know, an NFL quarterback. But uh, the Rams are looking really, really good um, right now. I mean, and the, now they're the leader in the NFC West. I think like just like two – three weeks ago they were like third in the division so credit to Sean McVay for the adjustments he's done these last two weeks to not only be able to be in the position where they are but to be able to have that lead in the NFC West which they're ahead of the Seahawks based on a head-to-head win percentage 
But yeah, Sean McVay has been able to get it done this season. We were criticizing them last year for their sophomore or for their Super Bowl year slump. But this year they're they're looking really strong, stronger than ever really this past week. They've shown that they, they can hang around with absolutely anybody. Next week, this upcoming week, they've got a uh, matchup with the Patriots who are fighting for a playoff spot. So, yeah, the Rams are just are just rolling so far this season. The Patriots have been playing good. they got a 45 to nothing win over the Chargers. Is, is this just – is the, the Patriots win over the Chargers, is that just a – the Chargers suck or the Patriots just desperately need a win? Because I, it might be a little bit of both. But to lose 45 to nothing to a mediocre Patriots team, not even Tom Brady, we're talking a mediocre Patriots team with Cam Newton as a starting quarterback. It was just, it all, I mean, the Chargers just sucked yesterday, to just, to just be frank about it. Yeah, it was, it was just an all-around terrible game for the Chargers. I think on, like, multiple punt returns, they only had, like, 10 guys going out there. One of them got returned for a touchdown by Gunnar Olszewski. The Chargers didn't have the best game. Justin Herbert didn't have the best game. Uh, I mean, I mean, the Patriots didn't really dominate in the essence. Cam Newton only had to throw for 69 yards. He was 12 for 19, so it wasn't like they just straight-out dominated. They – uh, the leading rusher, 16 carries for 80 yards. It was just a matter of fact of the Chargers just didn't look good abs- any, in any essence of the word. Keenan Allen only had 48 yards. It was, it was just a bad game for the Chargers in my, my point of view. Is Anthony Lynn the next head coach to go in the league? I mean, 5-11 and 11 last season. Um, this season, you know, 3-9 and nine already. Is he the next? Is he the next one to go, uh, head coaching wise in the NFL? I think so. I think it depends on when they're when the Jets fire Adam Gase. Honestly, if they're waiting till the end of the season to fire him, then I think that that is probably Anthony Lynn. But if it's within the next couple of weeks, then I see uh, hopefully Adam Gase being fired because I think we all know why he should be fired at this point. But yeah, Anthony Lynn definitely is is in the hot seat for sure. I think that they will uh, both get fired on Black Monday, Monday after Week 17. Um, I think they'll keep them for, for, for the end of the season. They'll, they'll definitely keep Adam Gase in New York. They're trying to lose games, Sam. I mean, you saw them. You saw them lose on Sunday, right? No other team would have played that defense on the last play of the game. They send an all-out blitz on the last play of the game. No team, no other team in the NFL. Would have caught, would have dialed up that defense, other than Adam Gase and Greg Williams. They're they're obviously they're trying. I mean, this is a, this is an effort to lose games, to tank, to get the number one pick, to get Trevor Lawrence. So they'll they'll keep him for the end of the season. I mean, they haven't won a game yet. They're they're not gonna fire him now at zero and eleven. I, to be to be fair on that last play, the corner the the play call was terrible, no doubt about it. But the corner didn't exactly play man to man coverage. Well, he bit. If if you're gonna play man to man, you can't let the dude beat you, and that's the one thing he let he bit down too much. Let Henry Ruggs by and score a touchdown. So yes, the play call was absolutely terrible, and I agree with you. They're tanking and all that, but at the same time, the corner just did an awful job of playing that that last that last play call. Well you don't even you shouldn't even leave your corner in a one on one situation on the last play of the game. Yeah, I agree play, with the object I mean, yeah, yeah. 
I, I think I think some blame has to go to the corner as well, not just the play call. Because at the end of the day, if you're one on one, like you can't like when when we're playing football. I know it's not the same thing, but you can't let the dude beat you. Like, no, you can't. But you know they're at the fifty yard line. You you all you have to do is just stop them before they get to the goal line, and you've won the game. So yeah. It was it was that that to me was a play call that you make when you're trying to lose ball games. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in yeah, my I agree. And, and the Jets did that. And it, it, yeah, if they haven't fired Adam Gase yet, they're not going to uh, before the season's over. Now, Anthony was a different story because um, he you know he couldn't turn it around. He might go before the end of the season. But hey, you never know. The the, the Chargers uh, three and nine on the season, not looking too hot. Uh, some other games from around the league yesterday. The Giants. I'm kind of jumping on the Giants bandwagon to win the NFC East. I, at first, I thought it might be the Washington football team. Now I like the Giants to, to win the, the NFC East. Washington still plays the Steelers tonight. They could win. That could help their uh, NFC East standings. I kind of like the Giants, though. I think uh, what uh, Joe Judge, Jason Garrett are doing there, I'm kind of digging it. I, I don't know. I'm still on the Washington football team. I th- I don't think we're going to see many performances like that. If Daniel Jones is out long-term from Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy, shout out to him for being able to get it done against the Seahawks. But, yeah, if they have to go – if the, if Colt McCoy has to go against the Cardinals, I don't have much hope that they actually get it done. I'm so, I'm so riding high, even though the Washington football team have to play the Steelers this – today – I, I, I still like the Washington football team with the core that they've got to win it. I don't know. It's going to be a race to the to the worst, race to the finish in the NFC. So I think it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, the Chiefs last night get the win over the Broncos, 22-16. They just got in and got the win and, and got out, honestly. It's all they had to do. They didn't have to blow them out. Um, and, and so, to me, that, that score, I thought the Chiefs might beat them by a touchdown, but to me that score all not that surprising from Sunday night football. I, I think I was just more impressed by the Broncos' ability to stay with them. You know, I'm 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 a fan on the Broncos, not this season, but a uh, a potential uh, year or two out from actually being somewhat of a contender. I like this team. I like the young core that they've got building around. All their main like offensive superstars are under like 25. If they could continue to build on that defensive side of the ball, I have no no. Um, I can't see why they can't build off the success they've had this season, uh, probably finishing, what, like six, seven wins and potentially moving forward from this season. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, it, it's going to be uh, interesting to see where the, um, where the Broncos go because their defense looked good. You know, it really did. So uh, th- I think that team is, is, you know, like you mentioned, kind of on the up and up. Uh, from the weekend. Any other games you want to get to, Sam, this weekend? I know both of your locks hit. I'm sure you're happy about that. Jags plus 10.5, Colts uh, minus 4. Those are some pretty good picks by you. Me, on the other hand, not so much. But uh, any other games you want to get to uh, this afternoon? I think people need to chill on the Jalen Hurts thing. Jalen Hurts had a, had a, a great touchdown pass. But if you watch the rest of that game after that touchdown pass, that Eagles offense – looked the same efficiency as it did with Carson Wentz. J- Jalen Hurts obviously provides a spark that you need, but I think I don't think he's going to be able to do unless they add, continue to add weapons. He's going to be the 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 entire he's not going to fix the entire issues that the Eagles have had. 
Yeah, he's not. And the fact that, uh, you know, they made the decision to bench him, I think is interesting because now you've benched him. He's got to start next week, right? I mean, where they go with Carson Wentz, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see uh, what happens there at Philadelphia. I think Wentz is in a new new home come next season. I mean, but you can't at the end of the day. I think you, like even if they trade or release him, unless the the team's putting their cap putting his numbers on their cap, they they have to. If they release him, they have to like they're like have like forty some million cap space. Um, they wouldn't be able to trade him until like 2022, where it's actually financially feasible for them to do so. So who who knows if they just keep around as a backup? Either way, you're you're eating dead money uh, essentially. Yeah, you you are. Uh, but th- that's why I've always kind of hated. Um, that's why I've always hated benching a quarterback in the middle of a game, because if you bench him in the middle of a game, you're you're saying okay. This is our guy going forward. You're in. If you bench him like throughout the week, like before the game, I think you still have that opportunity to bring the starter back in. But once you pick bench him during the game, I think is a totally different animal than if you bench him, uh, you know, during the week. Yeah, but at the same time, you needed to. The you the Packers were like up twenty three to three or something like that. They weren't really doing anything on offense. Miles Sanders only had like twenty yards rushing. It was just it was just not a great look for the offense. They needed a spark. Jalen came in through that touchdown. After that, they didn't look the best. But you could see that offense at least have a glimmer of hope. Even if they don't do anything for the rest of the season, I think Jalen Hurts is the right move moving forward. Yeah, he definitely is. He's obviously the future. You took him in the draft knowing that. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where Philadelphia goes. Um, you know, potential head coaching change, who knows? Um, we'll, just have to, we'll just have to wait and see. A lot of good games coming up next week, Sam. We'll talk about them on uh, Friday and weekend prep. That sounds good. That's going to do it for this episode. Uh, Follow us on Twitter, Straight Up Sports Talk on Twitter. That's where we post all the latest episodes. Coming at you Friday, weekend prep. We'll go over our picks, our locks of the week. I got Bills tonight, plus one in Arizona against the 49ers. We'll see. Not not sure how confident I am in at this point, but uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Sam, uh, we'll talk to you on Thursday. Okay, sounds good. That's been Sam Thillman. I'm Gary Coley. Come back on Thursday for a new edition of Straight Up Sports Talk. Until then, have a good time. Good day, good night, wherever you're at. Have a good time.